The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. I hope I can meet up with David before he gets to the city. He thinks he can do this to me? Who does he think he is? It's been useless. All that watching over this fellow's property so that nothing was missing? I hope I can catch up to David before he gets to the city and repays my husband for what he's done. He has paid me back evil for good. May God deal with me, David, ever so severely if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. Come on, men. Let's strap up. Saddle your horses. Tomorrow we fight. My lord, my lord, please let this sin fall upon me. Don't let this sin fall upon my husband, Nabal. He lives up to his name. He's a fool. Now, my lord, seeing that the Lord has kept you from shedding blood, may all of your enemies be just like Nabal. And this gift that I have given you, May it also be given to the young men who follow you. And my Lord, please forgive this trespass of mine, for the Lord will certainly make you a sure house, because surely you fight the battles of the Lord, and no evil has been found in you all of your life. Yet a man has risen to pursue you and to seek your soul. But your soul shall be bound in the bundle of life with the Lord, and the souls of your enemies he shall sling out, And when the Lord has fulfilled for my Lord every good thing he has promised concerning him, my Lord will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed, nor will he have avenged himself. And when the Lord your God has brought you, my Lord, success, remember me, your servant. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, who has kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. This week we are focusing on 1 Samuel 25. We learn about a woman whose wisdom single-handedly saved an entire household and spared David from committing a grievous sin. As always, be blessed and enjoy. Alright everyone, welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air podcast. My name is Earl Roberts, the second. 
My name is Nikaz. I almost forget that, that we was doing that for a second. <laughs> I know. It still takes some, takes some time to get used to, but sure. it's slowly growing on me. And now it's like in my mind to say it now. <laughs> and so it's like, I guess it's in my programming. Don't worry, I'm going to forget a few times. Don't worry. <laughs> Sometimes the old habits creep back in. Yeah, hopefully I remember them times. <laughs> <laughs> but for everyone, we are focusing still in the book of First Samuel. We'll, we'll be in First Samuel for a while. And this... This, week, this week's episode, the chapter we're going over, was actually interesting in relation to Samuel. Um, but before we get there, weekly thought. I actually had several thoughts on my mind this week. And you know when you have so much things going on, but every day is like a different journey with God, you feel like. And you're yeah. like, oh, this would be good to talk about the po- podcast for a weekly like, thought. Then something else happens next day. He's like, oh, God's really teaching me this at the Ooh. moment. And then today you're like, well, I think God's teaching me something completely different. But mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful, like... Because, I mean, we're still growing in our journey and everyone grows in their journey with God daily. Like, it isn't like uh, you reach a certain point and you can't grow anymore. But, man, I was, I was listening to a song coming here. It's by, I, I forget the artist. But it was just tell, like essentially saying, God, like, you know, take down some of these walls that I've built up in my life. Mm. And to me, it, it struck me personally because... Personal transparency moment, I guess. But like for me personally, like I'm, I like a person who who likes to have like control. Like I like to like be able to like control different things in my life, you know, kind of way. And what I've realized with me personally is that it's easy to trust God in the things you can't control, mm. but not trust God in the things you actually could control. Good perspective. Because it's easy for me to say, God. Help me find a new job because, I mean, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But God, um, like, help me, like, help, like God protect my family or something. Like, mm, I kind of could do that. God protect my house. Mm, I kind of could do that. God, my finances, all my budget and stuff. I got that. God, you don't got, I, I, don't, I don't need you here, God. I got this under control. But God's saying, like, I don't, I just don't want to be involved in the parts of your life that you want me to be involved in. And I feel like that's something I need to work on personally. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> submitting to God is more than just submitting parts of your life that you feel that you can't control. Mm. It's actually submitting the things that you have full control over, but you still want to submit these things to God and be like, God, whereas I do feel that I have this, I still need your help and your guidance in these aspects of my mm-hmm. life. And I feel like those are... Those are the parts of things I need to work on. Because I mean, like, just growing up, like, man, I remember in college, there was a time when me and my boy Leslie, (laughs) (laughs) story story time. (laughs) It was one time, like, man, we, uh, both of our cars went down in the the middle of winter, bro. In the middle of winter. Like, I had to get up in the morning at, like, 6 a.m., walk through, like, a foot of snow to get to the bus away in the bus. I remember one day I sat on that bus and I say, I looked up and I said, Bro, you ain't going to never be at this point in your life again. Mm. That's my pride talking. Yeah. And that was me. That's what I did realize this week. Too. I was like, you, I say, you'll never be in this point in your life again. I ain't pray to God. I ain't saying, I just make it myself, bro, you ain't never getting this point again. Mm. That's the part of my life I never really submit, submitted to God. I just saying, bro, whatever I got to do to make sure I'm at that point in my life again, I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you, you know me, I like, I, like to, bro, I like to get stuff done. I like, bro, I'm going to get it done mm-hmm. with or without anyone's help. Mm. And that's the part of my life I really got to like work on and be like, okay, God, the things I know I still have control over, I need to still submit these things to you because really and truly, this is a burden you take on yourself too. Because when you think you got it, 
you just going and doing it regardless. You ain't really bringing it to God and praying for it. Like you may pray for it in like, I call it the cheap prayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord, help me do this thing <laughs> that I already set my mind that I'm going to do. So I'm really just asking you to kind of bless it because I know I'm going to do it irregardless of what you said. And I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there like that. Oh, who knows? I'd be the only one in the world. But <laughs> I know I, that's, that's definitely something that I'm working on. So just as my weekly thought, like, don't be scared to take down some of the walls that we already have in our life and submit the parts of our life to God that we already feel that we're under control. Like, some, like when we submit our lives to God, submit everything to Him. See, that's a, bro, and, and that's a really good point, bro. That's a really good word. It touched me, touched me just now, bro. Um, but you know what it kind of reminds me of? So it's like, you, you're saying that you submit to God, right? But there are certain, there's, it's a limit to, to, to how, how much you submit to God. Like, there yeah. are certain things that, that you just move independently on, you know? And it reminds me of the rich young ruler, bro. Mm-hmm. Not specifically the same situation, right? But... The rich young ruler come to Jesus and was like, hey, what can I do to be saved? Lord, what can I do? No, good. I think he said good Lord. And mm-hmm. Jesus was like, why you call me good? You know what I mean? Like, ain't only the person who's good is God. Now, obviously, Jesus is God. Like, Jesus is the son of God. Mm-hmm. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Jesus was pushing the rich young ruler to acknowledge that you are talking to God, right? Jesus ends up telling him, yo, keep the Ten Commandments and you'll be saved. He said, but I do that already, right? And Jesus say, sell all the stuff, give to the poor, and come follow me, right? Now, I usually just leave that story saying, man, I wonder if he did it. The fuck of the matter is we know for sure that man wasn't following Jesus because we never hear about him again. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And so the first commandment is to not have any other gods before me. But if God tells you to do something, right, Money, bro, is the one thing we have absolute control over. You understand what I'm saying? Like, even though bills come up that is beyond our control, we choose to pay them or not. You understand? You choose to say, but whether I can put this money in um, paying a bill or investing in this. You understand what I'm saying? Or whether I give it back to God and tithes and, and et cetera. But the rich young ruler, it's like, he, on paper, he could say, I was fulfilling the Ten Commandments. But when we put that to the test, mm-hmm. there was still one place for sure where he would not submit to God. You understand what I'm saying? And that's when God ended up saying, Jesus ended up saying, bro, it'll be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven. And I feel like that's because with money comes power and it comes choice and options. Money is not the root of all evil. The, the love, love mm-hmm. of money is, is the root of all is the root of all evil. So you could be rich, you could be wealthy, bro. That like that don't means you, you you're not going to heaven, you know. However, it will be harder for you to do so because you have to submit to God. When you when you are rich, like imagine billionaires, bro. Like certain billionaires in America, bro, they don't follow the law. You understand what I'm saying? They file bankruptcy, they they do any loophole to just not be accountable. I'm rich. I don't have to care about none of this. You understand? And that's, they, like, they, they're going to struggle with submission because of the amount of power we have. When you asking God for something that you have no power over, you can submit all day. But the test, I feel like, with all of us comes when it's something that you have the utmost power over. Mm-hmm. You understand? Like, that's the ultimate test of submission. Are you willing to give that to God and allow God to direct your path? path or are there things that we want to lean on our own understandings for? understanding for you know and by the grace of god if he bless you with enough discernment there's some things that you already understand mm-hmm. what needs to be done you feel me like 
I know I need to read the Bible. God don't have to come and tell me that every day no more because I know this is for my benefit, etc. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like that's that's a really powerful, um, powerful um, thought this week. Yeah, man, and I honestly feel like it kind of ties into kind of what we're going to talk about too, because the, the story kind of reminds me of the rich young ruler a little bit. Mm. Um, oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we are going from First uh, Samuel twenty five. Also, if it's your first time listening, we welcome you to the podcast. Definitely welcome. hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on a streaming platform, give us a rating, leave us a comment. Um, each week on Spotify, we ask questions. We're still experimenting with some of the capabilities on Spotify, but definitely, you know, answer the question or give us some of your feedback. Let us know what we can improve or not. We also, at the end of every email and in the description on YouTube, we have our email and all that good stuff there. So, yeah, we definitely love to hear from you guys. So, first Samuel 25. Then Samuel died. <laughs> And the Israelites gathered together and lamented, or more modern, mourned for him, and buried him at his home in Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. So we see, we're in 1 Samuel 25, so this, this is even more proof to anyone else that Samuel did not write <laughs> Samuel. Right. <laughs> since the book goes on beyond him and we, we were still in first Samuel and there's more first Samuel to go. And there's also a whole second, second Samuel, Samuel, even yeah. though traditionally it's all one scroll and we broke it up in the modern reciting of the Bible. But yeah, so we see Samuel died and it's just interesting to me too. Like, remember like right before he coronated, anointed was the word I really wanted to use, anointed Saul. David. No, I want to say Saul oh, first. Because okay. like, remember, he, he went to the people and said, yo, what I do to y'all? Yep. Like, why y'all want a king now? Like, they're like, you ain't do nothing wrong. Yada, yada, yada. But we still want a king. And now it's like, okay, now we're going to cry for him. And I think some of them already see like the travesties of Saul, like what they wanted has gotten them too. But it's like, yeah. you can't, it sucks when you can't take back what you already did. Man. And they got to live with your consequences. And they're literally living through their consequences. Samuel had so much more life when they when they decided to have a king. Think about that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he was in his prime when they decided, bro. We want a king, bro. Yeah. Like you, we we can't worry. But you, like to me, it like I'm. I, I I don't know if he lived to be super old. I don't know if we can get to that tonight. I, I don't I don't recall it saying how old he was when he died. Mm-hmm. But when when the Israelites were asking for a king. It was as if, bro, we need a king because you about to die soon and we can't trust your children. Exactly. You that was kind of the narrative. <laughs> and Samuel's been around quite a while, if you ask me. Yeah. And so we also see David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. If that name sounds familiar, that was one of the places where the children of Israel were during their 40-year stint in the mm. desert. In the desert. So, Yeah. And so now we see in verse 2, now there was a man at Moan whose business was in Carmel, and he was a very rich man. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was sharing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal, or Nabal, and the name of his wife was Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. But the man was harsh and evil in his doings, he was of the house of Caleb. So a couple of things I want to point out here is, I mean, I'm going to get into the, one, he was rich. 
Like, I don't know if you guys remember, we were talking about Abraham and all the kind of stuff there. And I didn't want to go through the math this time, but having <laughs> 3,000 sheep, it's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and having 1,000 goats, also a lot of money. Especially in those days when it was even more money. Mm-hmm. Take away, you know, 5,000 years of inflation. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, bro, just to say, like, regardless of time, bro, if you have that many sheep, that doesn't seem like a, that seems like a big deal, bro. Like, you, have a, you, have a, you have a whole flock, you have, but, a, you have a massive amount of sheep. Right, because Jesus, like, he told a story of someone having a hundred sheep and he mm-hmm. would need not leave the 99. Bro, you got thousands of sheep. Exactly. Of sheep. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. Sheep is in plural. <laughs> sheep is sheep. I, I hate that sheep, sheep is in plural, but different story for a different time. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and then so also names of meaning. So Nabal's name means foolish. And also from the house of Caleb, next reason why that was pointed out, because Caleb's name is also means like dog. So you're saying like he's from the house of dog. And it kind of, because the reason why I'm pointing that out, if you're someone who had like a Hebrew background, these things would be glaring to you as you read the story and seeing what the story is like trying to, trying to get at. And it makes more sense in context as to the character description of the individuals they're talking about. What does Abigail's mean name? Cause of joy or oh, father's yeah, yeah, joy. Yeah, okay, bing. I did search up before and I totally forgot. Bing, right. So now we've seen the, the stark difference between Abigail and, and Nabal. Hmm. Okay, so that's just setting the scene. So now in verse 4. When David heard of the wicked, uh, when, when David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was sharing his sheep, David sent 10 young men. And David said to the young man, go up to Carmel, go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus you shall say to him who lives, prosper, who lives in prosperity, peace be to you, peace be to your house and peace be to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have sharers, your shepherds were here with us. We did not hurt them. Nor was there anything missing from them while they were here in Camel. Ask, the young, ask your young man and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young man find favor in your eyes, for we will come on a feast day. Please give us whatever your hand, please, please give us whatever comes to your hand that you serve to, 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 your, to your servants and to your, and to your son David. It's just interesting to me because David was a shepherd. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? And so I believe David he knows how to maneuver in this in this situation. You know, like, I feel like he's thinking, bro, any reasonable man with that many sheep, and so you own this, bro. These mm-hmm. are your assets, right? But you're not the shepherd. You understand what I'm saying? So you have hired laborers and stuff like that. So the thing about it is, and just in the Hebrew context, mm-hmm. during this time, so when it was sh- like sheep sharing season, mm-hmm. that's for people who don't know what that is, that's when they cut off the wool of the sheep. Mm-hmm. So this is the time when you're making money because you're about to sell all oh. this wool. In the Hebrew context during this time, the person who did that throws a party, mm. throws a festivity because there's a time of celebration. Yeah, because they did say this person. it's a festive time. A festive, Bing. Yeah. And so David was saying, guess what? And so now just to paint the context for people now, David's saying, okay, I protect these guys. Just let's put it this way, all summer. Mm-hmm. Cool. I ain't asked for nothing. Oh, here yeah, they could again attack by the Philistines. We was protecting them. You could get a talk from me. Remember from this us. too. In context, remember last chapter. Mm-hmm. The cave where Saul was in. Mm-hmm. Where was in that cave? Bunch of sheep. Oh, a bunch of sheep. Yeah, that is that is interesting. So like when you look in the context, you can kind of see where this oh, was happening. Oh, wow, bro. Bing. That is crazy. So now David's saying it's sheep sharing season time now. I got 
like 600 plus men here with me. We've been protecting your thousands of sheep this whole time. We ain't asked you for nothing. We coming to you when we know you about to make a boatload of money and it's a time of festivities for you. Yep. And we about to see how rich this, and how rich and abundant this festival, fest, this festival was that Nabal was, Nabal was throwing in a bit. But that's just the context of it. So David's saying, guess what? We don't, I don't protect you, man. I come in in a time of abundance. I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to rock the boat. And I ain't even telling you how much I want. Mm-hmm. And I ain't trying to show no signs of force. I ain't sent 400 men armed. I sent mm-hmm. 10 young servants yep. to tell you, bro, we do this. We ain't asked for nothing. Whatever you feel that like we deserve, we coming on a festival day. Mm-hmm. We ain't asking for much. Just in, invite us to your party. Right. So... That's the thing, bro. You throwing a festival, it ain't hard to say, but yeah, come get a plate, bro. Come get a plate, bro. That's a simple thing. Because you all you got is food, I'm assuming. Because it's a festival, bro. All you got is stuff just to give away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And truthfully, David, it's, it, it, no matter how you look at it, you could look at it as, all right, be, be a, a good host. Or you could look at it as it's a transaction. We have protected your guys. Your guys was extra straight. You know, we make sure they was comfortable, right? And now, show us love back. You and understand David said, you ain't even got to take my word for it. Ask, Ask your men. them. Ask your men. Ask them. We ain't mistreat them. We ain't do nothing to them. And plus, you have all of your sheep. Yeah. We ain't even taking on your sheep for ourselves. That's what I'm saying. So, so David, as a shepherd, right? David, if he wanted to cause harm, right? He would know the best way to mm-hmm. do that. Because he, have, first of all, he's a trained warrior. And he's around a bunch of trained warriors. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know when people probably sleeping, you could watch, you could watch out. You could, you know, kind of... Guess what's the best time to, to attack or to steal a sheep unnoticed. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then also, I feel like David, as a man who's been through this, he knows the best way to communicate these things. I know how shepherds are. You know, mm-hmm. I was a shepherd. I know people is all with, with their sheep and their stuff like that. I was like that. You feel me? That's how I'm going to talk to them. And then, on, on, on the other hand, he knew how, what it takes to protect sheep. We mm-hmm. don't know how much sheep he watched. Right? He didn't kill a lion on a bear he for them. He didn't kill a lion on a bear. <laughs> As a young David. As a young David, right? So imagine these guys who have thousands of sheep, right? They're in the wilderness, bro. But all type of animals and, and, and stuff like that, you, you might have to fend against, and then robbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you have an army who are around, right? Who could easily take these by force because they need stuff, but they say, no, we can protect you. Mm-hmm. So in a way, they kind of gone out their way to protect you all. You feel me? I, we ain't at the bottom, y'all. Because y'all is a burden on us at the end of the day. Real talk, bro. It's <laughs> like we really think about it. We ain't get paid for that. And so now you have all you, you was able to maximize all your money. So truthfully, you kind of owe us. Now granted, we didn't have an agreement. We do that out of the kindness of our heart. But realistically, show me, show me kindness for the good I for the kindness I showed you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all true. Like, shouldn't be a hard, it shouldn't be a hard exchange. Mm-hmm. So when David's young man came, they spoke to Nabal according to these words in the name of David and waited. So like, okay, we tell you. We just yeah, waiting. Yeah. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, who is David? Mm. And who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. Wow. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my sharers and give it to men who... I do not know where they are from. And this already show how arrogant Nabal was because 
David's like a national hero. For sure. So even if you don't know who he, even if you've never seen him before, you know who David for is. Sure, for sure. Like everyone knows who David is. The, the priest knew who David was and he ain't seen David in a while. For sure. Like, so everyone know of David at least. That's like Sean A back home. I might have never known Sean A person. Chris Brown, the behemoth runner. Yeah. I don't know if McKenna Pete. It's a chalk star name, Chris Brown, for context. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> But it's like, you, I know who he is. Debbie Ferguson, like, we mm-hmm. know who these people are. Like, I just use some of bohemian icons. Like, I guess Michael Phelps, like, mm-hmm. LeBron James, yeah. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. People know who these people are, Jess. If you have nothing to do with sports, you kind of know the name. Public figures. Public figures. Yeah. So now, you're saying, who is David? This is the champion who killed Goliath. Like, who don't know that? See, even beyond that, right? We could name the queen. We could name her children, her children's children, right? Yeah, that's a fact. Right. You know who the king is. You know who his children are. You know, who, right? If David never do nothing, off the strength that this is Saul's son-in-law, you will know who David is. And the way he responds, you know he's aware of David, bro. He wasn't mm-hmm. saying, who is David? Like, I am not aware of him. Aware of him. He was saying, who is David? Like, I don't respect him. That's exactly who he yep. is. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Because he already said a lot of servants breaking away from their master. Obviously, he know who David is. You see what I'm saying? But he wanted to stun on David. <laughs> but my thing is, I, why is Nabal such a meanie? You see what I'm saying? Like, quite literally, <laughs> you are a meanie, bro. Like, just being real, bro. Because, like, I know people like that, bro. I know people like that who so, they such a stiffler to the law, right? Mm-hmm. The law could be a corrupt law, right? And they would be so, so, oh, well, he shouldn't have been doing this. But it's like, well, you can't see how this person marginalized or this person, like, this law does not make sense, right? And I'm one of them people, bro. I'm like, bro, if the law don't make sense, bro, the law don't don't make sense, bro. Like, I ain't like, like, to me, I'll obey the law just for the sake of, you know, being righteous and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if I don't agree, this don't make sense, bro. David, by law, should not be running away from Saul. You see what I'm saying? By law, bro, the king commands you. He wanted, remember, the king sent men to David's house. David sneak away. So the king wants to see, so this is law. This mm-hmm. is law, bro. But in terms of righteousness, David like that, I'm making no sense. <laughs> I coming from Rania. You see what I'm saying? But this man, he's such a kiss up. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't even call him a kiss up, but he's what he's he taking. I, I'm, I'm feeling like he's a kiss up, bro. A lot of people running away from their masters. What you mean master, bro? <laughs> Boy, that's your master too, you know. Like, if he's my master, he's your master. He's the king. Facts. But at the end of the day, God is our master. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, you acting like I was a slave. He, he treating David like David was a runaway slave, bro. <laughs> the man was a free man. He was an employee. You understand what I'm saying? Like, Facts. and that's why I really like, bro, Nabal is being a meanie. Because you're doing a lot. You are doing a lot, bro. Like, how you so modern? I just don't get it, dog. Like, my thing is... And I, I, I can hold my point. I can hold my point. But how you so mad at David, bro? <laughs> for what he do to Saul by just running away? Why you wait? Like, like, that don't make sense to me. Why Nabal is so mad? But then at the end of the day, everybody, and, and we'll see this, everybody have an opinion on Nabal. I can just call him different in case I was calling him wrong the whole time. I might have been calling him wrong too. Who knows? I know. Everybody have an opinion on him. His wife, his servants, everyone. You see mm-hmm. what saying? And soon... People under the sound of our voice will also have an opinion of him. So in verse 12, so David's young men turned on their heels and went back. And they came and told him all these words. David said to his man, every man gird his sword. 
And so every man girded his sword, and David also girded his sword. And about 400 men with Dave, went with David, and 200 stayed with the supplies. Hmm. In the words of us, David wanted all the smoke. All the smoke. And, and this way, this way I start to look at David funny. Every time I read this, I just be like, bro, is this what God wanted? No. Because quite literally, you are, you are planning to murder Mm-hmm. Or take by force. At this at this point in time, we don't know what he's gonna do because he only said, Great his sword. Like if he was just reading this for the first time, he'd be mm-hmm. like, Why are you stopping up, bro? Like, you you about to about to be some auction, right? But I'm like, is that is that thus say the Lord? Does God instruct us to fight fight fire with fire, essentially? If somebody dis- oh if somebody the man just quite literally offended David and also just decided not to give David Nabal's rightful possession. Like, I own this stuff. I can decide whether I give it to you or not. And and that's the thing about it, too. It's like, one, we see Dave, and the story going to reveal itself in that part where, like, what David was about to do wasn't really in God's will. Mm-hmm. But David, for one, didn't really pray to God about this arrangement. Yeah, like, he didn't really consult Like, God. again, like, my whole point in the beginning is, like, not surrendering things under our control. Like, mm-hmm. you saw an opportunity, hmm. and you seized it saying... I'm going to come humbly to this guy, but I ain't never make no arrangement with him. And now this guy just saying, he's spitting my face. And now, really and truly, he hurt David pride. Mm-hmm. Let's call it what it is. You saying you don't know who I is? Who mm-hmm. I am? He do a lot to hurt his pride, though. Like, he do a lot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you you ain't, and you do, you don't know who I am, but I'm the one who killed Goliath. Right. All right, all I do is ask you for some food. In the time, I know you have a lot of food. Uh-huh. And this is how you repay me. All right, cool. We coming to kill you. And we see David about to go. He was about to go harm. And we, that's when we know it wasn't up the Lord. Because mm-hmm. the Lord ain't never telling him to do that part. Right. Um, but, but this is my thing, bro. Mm-hmm. I, I made a point, bro. I remember this vividly, bro. I make a point. This was... I can't remember what episode, bro. But this was like last year. We did record the episode. I can't remember if, if it aired last year or earlier this year. But it was a point where it's like... It's like... We know the right thing to do, right? And on paper, we, we do the right thing. Excuse me. It was about forgiveness. It was a point I was making about forgiveness, bro. Mm-hmm. When you do the right thing, bro, and someone return your kindness with meanness, like neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of that just go out the window sometimes and you just, be like, and you just realize, bro, I was only... Oh, all right. I remember the text too, what I was thinking about, where Jesus was saying... Love those who persecute you, like love your enemies. Even tax collectors do good to other tax mm-hmm. collectors. Some versions say even sinners are good to sinners, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, bro, if you only get good to the, to the people who are good to you, you ain't no different than any sinner. That's that's every human being is good to people who are good to them, right? And so we can see where David shows his humanity for sure because it's like, I good to you, but it's conditional. If you're not good to me, Bach, I am not going to be good to you no more. <laughs> and it's funny because... People reading it, people reading this, they might relate. They might be like, ain't nothing wrong with that. But that's not of God, bro. We serve a God, Jesus, where it's like, he had to be around people sinning every day. Sinning quite literally offends Jesus because it means that you're choosing to do your will or the will of the enemy opposed to his will, right? And every day he around them and he just living and he's still preaching and teaching. These same people put him on the cross and he was praying for Lord, forgive them. They don't mm-hmm. know what they've done. You understand? This is selfless love. Um, long suffering is a fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And we can see David right now. He ain't really 
<laughs> He's not exercising that long suffering. From not at all. No, no. What, 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 when he was talking just now, what came to my mind too was in Matthew 5. Might be wrong. Mm-hmm. But Paul would turn on the cheek. Like, mm. that's the thing. They was ready to go eye for an eye. In uh, even more advanced setting. Yeah, but you don't want to get take. That's, that's the thing. That's what I said. In the more advanced setting, you spit in my face. I'm about to just end you. Yeah, it's David's. Right. <laughs> that's um, David's demeanor. Exactly. And so, and again, we start to see the size of David's army because we see right here in this, in that previous chapter, well, verse, that's about 600 people right there. Yep. They left people to tend to supplies to make sure like, okay, whatever we have ain't getting ambushed or in jeopardy and the rest of us who able and body we are going to deal with this mm-hmm. so now when in verse 14 now one of the young men told abigail nabal's wife saying look david sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master and he rivaled them but the men were very good to us and we were not hurt nor did we miss anything as long as we accompanied them when we were in the fields they were a wall to us both by day and night. Mm. All the time we were we were with them keeping the sheep. Now therefore, no one consider that. No one consider what you will do. For harm is determined against our master and against all his household. <laughs> for he is such a scoundrel that mm. no one can speak to him. Mm. They know they bought they boss unreasonable, bro. And they know the type of people who the boss offend mm-hmm. and they know bro oh man this ain't getting good <laughs> this ain't getting good the way he act this is not gonna end well but it also shows again partly how foolish Nabal, Nabal was Nabal Nabal mm-hmm. saying we going back and forth yeah. but your servants know what you did was so bad and you still acting like ain't nothing happening mm-hmm. they like we can't stay here like magic. I'm going to be here. He's saying, bro, this ain't looking too good. So you see the first thing, they run, they run to Abigail because they say, hold on, she's a little bit more reasonable. Let's try to tell her what's happening because the plot, the plot's thickening and he sees not caring. Because they know they got to go back out in the field one day. Bro. <laughs> oh, man. If you all keep us safe and y'all ask for food and we don't give you food, by common sense, we know, okay, y'all not going to keep us safe no more. And, also, y'all might be the reason for our harm. So let's get ahead of this and make sure we can correct this issue. But you can see Nabal is stupid, bro. Nabal? Mm-hmm. Because he don't even fear danger. Like, he don't even fear the consequences behind this. He act like this was today's day and age where he could just call the police or call Saul and say, Hey, Saul, David probably coming here. You see they saying? I run him, but he can come to me. You mm-hmm. know? No, bro. You, you, bro, you don't have no protection right now. Like, I don't know. And just funny, his own servants calling him a scoundrel. Yep. So then in verse 18, and this kind of point was kind of get to too. In verse 18, and Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, mm. five seers of roasted green, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs and loaded them on donkeys. And she said to her servants, come on before me. See, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband about. Mm. And the reason I wanted to get to this, right? We sh- it's two things we see here. How reasonable David's request was because everything she grabbed, just to put it in context, is extras. Mm. Because they were not missed at the feast. Mm. Think about it. She got these immediately. It wasn't no time to prep or prepare. She's like, grab that, grab that, grab that, grab that, grab that, grab that, grab that. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you said that because... 
when I read this, I don't, obviously it don't mention the fees, but knowing the context matters. And so every time I read this, I'm like, bro, this woman had time to bake 200 loaves of bread, X, Y, Z, right? And she, while keeping this away from the ball, like how did he not, you see mm-hmm. like saying she do, she, but that's not a little bit of, of preparation, but that's a lot of preparation. Like you see what I'm saying? Picture, she said, make hay. She's like, grab these extras mm-hmm. and let's go yeah. immediately. Because you think all this happening, like some they come to her, she say, remember they brought penis, a wise woman. She say, we got to do something now. Mm-hmm. Let's grab these. And as we read on, we can see that homeboy is still feasting like nothing happened. Yeah, so we can yeah. tell that these had to be the extras because the feast went off without a hitch. Mm-hmm. Like, man, if we have a little Sabbath get together, right? And someone forget the chicken, we can you know the chicken, make it, the chicken missing. For true. But imagine, think about it, it's a feast for you and all your workers and everyone else. And so much food just went missing, but y'all still didn't know that the food was missing or mm. notice that the food was missing. This just shows how, how much, how much of a meanie yeah. to use your terminology he was being, but also like David knew because this is like a common thing in the Hebrew culture. Like mm-hmm. when it was sharing time, this was like festivity time. Right, and David know that for sure, for sure. And he's saying you have three thousand sheep hmm. that just get shared. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of wool. Yeah. Like back in the day, wool was like <laughs> almost the predominant like clothing material. You know what yeah, I'm saying? For sure. Like so, David was like, "Yo, what?" what? But yeah, and so in verse 20, so it was, as she rode on the donkey, she went down under the cover of a hill, and there were David and his men coming down towards her, and she met them. Now David said, surely in vain I have protected all that fellow, and <laughs> he can't even say his name, mm. all that fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed and all that belongs to him. And I was repaid, and he, he has, has repaid, repaid me evil for good. Mm. May God do so and more also to the enemies of David." If I leave one male of all who belongs to him by morning light. So this shows David's intentions. David was going to go to the city and kill all the males. Right. And let me tell you, David has made me laugh, you know, because remember them songs we was reading? He was talking about his enemies, right? Mm-hmm. Right. This ain't one of them times when your, but your enemies ain't got nothing to do, do with this, bro. He said, may God do so and more so to the enemies of David. If I leave one male, all who belong to him by morning light. So it's like, bro, he's swearing to God, like, by God, if I don't kill all these people, bro, do something to me, right? And even more so do something to my enemies. That's how I received that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like, bro, how you can make an oath, right? To say, if I don't do this, something gonna happen to me. But then you say something worse gonna happen to my enemy at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, I know David just made me laugh when he talking with his enemies, bro. Like, <laughs> He says enemies always get do worse than him. For sure. No matter what. No matter what. Like. Oh, my. The funny thing is, like, David was, like, right. But, again, this whole thing wasn't righteous. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, Nabal repaid. He spit in your face. Yeah, he did. But what you're about to do, arguably, is... It's even worse, bro. Ten times, hundred times. Hundred times worse. You're trying to kill him as well as... Bro... All the innocent people going back to the verse you used to say last week or two weeks ago. Now watch, I forget it already. <laughs> it around me 24 verse 16, I know. <laughs> but like every man should die for his own sin. Like your son should not die. Mm-hmm. He's killed because of the sins of his father. Father should not be killed because of the, the sins of his son. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In context, that's, that's the kind of overall thing we're saying, right? And it's like, David, you can see he's, he's very, yeah, 
Deuteronomy 24 verse 16, fathers shall not be put to death for their children, et cetera, et cetera. We just, I just kind of give you all the gist of what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And so David obviously don't care about that right now. You see what I'm saying? So <laughs> we could see, we could see, and I, I feel like it's important, it's important to point out because like people always is hark on David's infidelity, right? That's when he was a rock star on top of the world because he was king and you could get any girl you want, right? But we have we have signs of David's humanity all throughout his story. Mm-hmm. You know, when he all crazy, we said that like a couple of episodes ago. When he all crazy, that was a sign of that he lacked faith. You mm-hmm. understand that he had to get himself out of this predicament, right? This time, right now, he wants to avenge his enemy. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like these certain things with David, because David is a warrior, bro. Like these certain things with David, he ain't really thinking about because it is in his control to get revenge, and that's what I'm gonna do. But the thing about it is. David is a spiritual leader. We just see that last week. The people in the um in the cave, they was trying to get him to kill God's anointed, and he had to come to them embarrassingly and tell them, no, I'm not doing that. They probably looking at him as a softy or a punk or, or foolish. But he had to be like, bro, thus said the Lord, bro. I am convicted against that. That's mm-hmm. show me. when I read that, I said, but David is a man, bro, because obviously you was their leader, bro, but you ain't folding. This time around, you still as their leader. But you, you ain't being a good leader. You see what they're saying? You're leading them in, in flesh. Like. Mm-hmm. Taking it onto your own hands, quite literally. Yep. Now when, Ab- when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David, and bowed down to the ground. It shows, to me, it's really showing how she's trying to defuse the situation because we already see how David's talking. He is, when, you, when any male's pride is hurt, mm-hmm. they are very angry. Yeah. Let's but, just call it for what it is. And it's tunnel vision right now. It's possible. Exactly. Right now, yeah. So he... He coming on a mission. And I can imagine, you know, his soldiers, but we just didn't kill Saul, but you want to do this, but we we egging you on. We well, you ready know, for the smoke. Well, you know, Marge, you got to be, if you say, boy, boy, may God deal with me if I don't kill every man in that city, bro. You go on full Levi and Simeon on them, bro. Like, for real. Like. Exactly. Exactly. And so we see she came trying to dismount the situation. So she fell, she fell at his feet and said, on me, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be. Mm. And please let your maid servant speak in your ears and hear her words and hear the words of your maid servant. Please not, please let not my lord regard this scoundrel Nabal, for he is as his name is for for as his name is so is he. She's saying, he's a fool. Mm-hmm. Straight up, he's a fool. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. But I, your maid servant, did not see the young man of my lord whom you sent. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed, from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then, let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be as Nabal. She's saying, if you all come seeking harm, you're all essentially fools too. Mm-hmm. And now... This and now this present which your maidservant has brought to you, my lord, let it be given to the young man who follow who follow my lord. P- please forgive the trespass of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make. For the Lord will certainly make, <laughs> for my lord enduring house, an enduring house because my lord fights the battles of the Lord. I guess someone starts saying David when she's saying my Lord just to make it less confusing but definitely read the Bible for yourself that's yeah. it and, and evil is not found in you throughout your days yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life but the life of my Lord shall mm. be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God and the, and the lives of your enemies 
he shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling. And I just like how she used the imagery. Yeah, I want to say something right there. Go for it. So, you remember, I don't know if this was off mic, but they, you remember how they introduced Nabal and Abigail, right? Mm -hmm. They start off saying beautiful and intelligent. Mm -hmm. And then they say Nabal was shrewd Mm -hmm. and I guess a scoundrel. I I can't remember. And the house of Caleb, yeah. Right, house of Caleb. This whole text is showing contrast, right? Mm-hmm. So you have David, who is quite literally a stranger to these people, right? Um, Nabal is saying, who is Jesse? It's plenty of people running away from, from, the, from the, the, the master, right? Make him seem like he's a slave, right? This woman is saying, bro, you ain't no evil in your heart, yet a man pursuing you, mm-hmm. so you got to run. But it's the same person they talking about, but they giving two different perspectives, mm-hmm. and this just goes to the point that to show that they they definitely knows the story in depth. They mm-hmm. know all of the details of the story. Yet Nabal comes to the conclusion that this man is a runaway slave, and so it can kind of show you how stupid Nabal <laughs> is. Like folly is really in his heart because how you get runaway slave from that? My thing is consider this right. If somebody is 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 um is being sentenced to death. For a crime that they literally did not commit, and everybody has evidence, everybody is convinced that they didn't com- commit, but they want to, they but to get killed just because the president say, "I just want to kill you. I don't like you. I want to kill you." Right? And you see them running. You can side with the president or not. You know what I mean? Like, like what makes you want to side with, with with him or not? Like, what makes you not think, bro, this person is alive and literally? Did everything right, and they getting killed for doing right? Mm-hmm. Like, what person in their right mind? Gonna, gonna, not gonna, not gonna help. You see what I'm saying? Like, and it would have been a different thing if Nabal was saying, like, bro, if I give you bread, so I could try to kill me, X, Y, Z, I, I could do something for you, bro, but I don't want to be associated with you. There's many ways to do that, but you go on straight to insult the man. Mm-hmm. But it just show me, just show me the man is a meanie, bro. Like, just like lack of better words, because like this is completely uncalled for. Like, mm-hmm. you gone far out your way to treat David the way you treated him. Yeah, and again, shows what shows what was on his heart too. Yeah, he was waiting to say that. <laughs> the David. Why I on? Oh, another thing I want to go say. for it. Go for it. Go for it. You see how mad David was, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if a fine guy pull up on you and start reasoning you and stroking your ego the way she did, bro, like she. She say everything right, bro. Like, bro, you was a, you was a good dude, bro. Forgive, bro. Blame me. Put the blame on me. You could put you see, the blame on me. You see what I saying? Like, mm-hmm. like that. I, I feel like that could pacify. I, I just wonder what type of, what type of anger would have been in your heart if you still was like, no, I care. You see what I saying? Like, is she being reasonable? And you can show, you can see David reasonable too. And mm-hmm. you can see David pride really just was hurt because now David just wanted food. But sometimes. Sometimes, bro, like that, that just be like a really, a really hurtful thing, bro. Like, like even on a micro level, right? Mm-hmm. You come home after a long day, you you, you leave this food in the, fri- in oh, the fridge. Oh boy, right? <laughs> this food you've been lusting over. That, well, you've been thinking about the whole day, right? Uh-huh. You come home and the food ain't in the fridge. Hurt. You hurt, bro. Hurt. Now, if your sibling eat it, you're mad. You see what I'm saying? If your parents eat it, you might be mad. If your significant other eat it. Oh, you're, you're a little frustrated, but it's like, oh man, you know what I'm saying? Can't really, can't really freak out for real, for real. Mm-hmm. This, this, this is the cause analysis or whatever, right? David, when he sent the men over, bro, they was already anticipating we could eat good, bro. That's the up. He probably mm-hmm. already told us, man, boy, dog, 
this could be good. We could eat good, bro. Finally, we get some type of semblance of um, the way life was on normalcy. We have some type of normalcy, bro. Mm -hmm. We get tough, bro. We live in, we on the run, bro. We can't eat at will. You understand what I'm saying? We have to ration our Freshly food. Freshly baked bread. Freshly baked all bread. All this type of stuff. Bro, we feast tonight. And we played a long game. You understand? We wait for seasons until until it's this time. We protect mm. these people from long time by over food, bro. I like, and I ain't trying to say this to minimize it, bro. I seen, bro, in my like just growing up with siblings, bro. But you can get very mild over food, bro. Especially when you're very hungry, dog. Like, and this is something that you was looking forward to. It ain't about the food, bro. It's like you take something away from me, bro. I had expectations. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so all of that, along with. Add an insult to the injury. And make me look like a lie in front of my man. You make me look bad. You make me look bad. And then if I don't do something, I really look like a punk. I look like I'm scared of this man. Hey, theoretically, I'm only scared of Saul. You see what I'm saying? Like, he might not be scared of Saul, really. I'm just making a joke. But you, Nabal, I'm not scared of you. And I'm coming to kill you. But I, I just, you know, it, but in the same way, we point out his faults. I do point out right now that he can still kill him. You understand what I'm saying? Like, the beef could have been deeper than the food. Like, it could have been like, no, bro, too late for that. I done come down here. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But it still take a big, it still take a lot of people to be the bigger man. You feel me? And so, David. It does, especially when your mind and yeah, you, set. You don't swear to God you can kill every every man. <laughs> every man. And I, like, really? May the Lord deal with me? You feel me? Like, these type of language which you're using. Mm -hmm. hmm. Are we on verse 30? And it shall come to pass, when the Lord has done... For my Lord, according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you ruler over Israel, that this will be no grief to you, nor offense of the heart to my Lord, either that you have shed the blood without cause or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when the Lord has dealt with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. And I like those two verses right there. Because she's saying, like, again, to the point we can see how foolish in the Bible was. Because she's saying, yo, you're going to be king. Yeah, it's Claire's day. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that throughout all Israel. And <laughs> everyone knows that. That's just stupid, bro. And she's saying, you're going to be king. And she's also saying, guess what? When you are going to be king, yeah, boy. you don't want to have this on your resume. Yeah, David killed that little village there in Carmel, the town of Carmel, because they ain't feed him. Mm. They ain't really do nothing wrong, mm. really and truly. Like, you don't want this on your resume. And she's saying, like, God gonna vent, like, because you have avenged yourself. Like, you ain't doing this because of God. Nothing, God does not tell you to kill your own people. Mm. So she's saying, this thing ain't got nothing to do with you. This, this, this ain't got nothing to do with God right now. This, this really and truly only, only you and your pride right now. You don't want this on your resume to become king. Right. I, 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 I can say that this, right? You know, I've had a conversation with somebody who reads the Bible a lot, is, is, a, is a girl I went to school with. And, like, her thing is, like, ain't really, like, she, like, it just uncomfortable the, the fact that men are represented so much over women in the Bible, right? But, like, I kid you not, bro, the women that are in the Bible, bro, they show out, bro, like, just, bro, like, Something crazy. I admire Abigail right now, bro. Like, this woman is wise beyond her years. She pacified the situation. She speak eloquently. You understand? And she, like, 
she make a good point, bro. Mm-hmm. She come to David. Several good points. Several good points, bro. She come to David. I still bring him the food. I still bring him the food. She bring him the food, right? Pretty face. She, she a pretty face. Pretty face. Put the blame on me, David. You know what I mean? Like, don't worry about him. Put the blame on me, David. Like, how can I, I be mad? I blame you. you. <laughs> how can I be mad? Like the smoke for you, right? <laughs> I can't be mad at you. But in all seriousness, right? She come and say she come and apologize. She say, "But am I stupid, bro? Like, just I ain't coming to slap up. I ain't coming to um to speak on his behalf or, or plead his cause. He is stupid. You understand what I'm saying? Forgive us, right? And then she say, "Bro, I know who you. I know the type of person you. I understand the situation you in. What led you to be here at this very moment, very time, bro? You want to run for something you want to do, bro? It's a lot of frustration. It's it's a lot going on. You know what I mean? But you will become king. And while you become king." But you don't want no, you don't want, you don't want to stand on your name, bro. Shedding blood without it. Bro, she making too much sense. You understand? You just read the text, so I ain't got to go by. But I think it's like, the deli- to your point too, the, the delivery of it. Mm-hmm. Because, man, <laughs> speaking for myself, mm-hmm. if I already wrong, mm-hmm. and you coming at me in the wrong way, telling me I wrong, oh, yeah. I doubling down. Oh, yeah, I ain't listening to that. I double like better, you better come correct, bro. <laughs> if you want something to change, you better come correct, bro. Exactly, right? <laughs> God's still working on me. Yeah. Right? But whole thing was like, I'm gonna tell you you're wrong, but I'm gonna speak it so sweetly. Mm-hmm. That way I'm ready to fuse in the situation. And now at the end, I could tell you you're wrong, but I ain't got David, you know you shouldn't be doing this. God mm-hmm. ain't pleased with this, yada yada yada. Why you coming out here with all these men about to kill us, yada yada. She ain't doing all that. Mm-hmm. Bro, at the end of the day, you don't want this on your resume. Like, let's be honest. Between me and you, you don't want this on your resume. And then she ain't kissing up too, you know. Because, I mean, obviously she's saying, obviously she making sure that even when you become king, ain't, ain't no bad blood still, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she could have take this opportunity. This, this person about to be king, bro. She could have take this opportunity to plead her own cause to advance her own, like, statue, like, mm-hmm. her own, like, household, like, riches on status is, is the word I, I mean. Or she could have just kiss up and and like say, bro, I don't want to oppose you. You know, like when people in power, there's a lot of yes men, yes women in the mm-hmm. air. No, she tell the truth. She tell the God honest truth. You feel me? Regardless of who you is. And she said with love. She said tenderly. You understand what I'm saying? So I I I really impress. Like Abigail is the star of this of this <laughs> uh, is this of this verse of this chapter. Like to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. you know? And in verse 32, then David said to Abigail, blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed is your advice. And blessed are you because you have kept me this day from committing bloodshed, from avenging myself with my own hand. Mm. I'll give you that too. Man, like, how I think about it too, God always sends the right person to do the job. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, in wisdom... Abigail was sent to stop David from committing a grievous sin. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was the one who, who went. Because Nabal, I mean, if he just did what he was supposed to do at the beginning, we'd have, we'd have never gotten to this point. Yep. But the woman, God sent the woman, the right woman with the right plan, the right words to talk David down off of the ledge, figuratively speaking, before he was able to commit this sin. And we've seen David say, thank you, because I was about to do it. Mm-hmm. I already set in my ways I was about to do this. But, like... Blessed are you because you came to me and you stopped me from avenging myself with my own. You see, now you're saying, God, you had nothing to do with this. Hmm. This is going to be a personal vendetta that I was about to accomplish. Yep. And I'm glad he's being reflective. You, you feel me? Because some people, the pride would have 
gone crazy. Oh, yeah, I thought so. I know, I know Nabal don't want no smoke, you know, type of thing, PHS. But he's like, no, thank you because you actually stopped me from, from doing something even stupider than, than what Nabal was, was doing, you know? And God wasn't, wasn't going to understand, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people feel like sometimes you justified. Mm-hmm. I was but I, crazy. I was having this conversation with my friend today, like, you know, because it's the overall theme of we have knowledge of good and evil as humans, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't take the opportunity to learn the good. But evil is in abundance, right? But then we have something that's some things that are great, right? It is circumstantial evil. And when when that situation comes around, we decide whether it's right or wrong, you know? If you lie to get out of or to keep someone safe, you understand what I'm saying? Is that right or wrong? You understand? The concept of necessary evil as we call it. Right, necessary evils, you, you feel me? And so it's really dangerous when we as human beings think to define good and evil, you know? We don't have we don't have the criteria to define evil. Like we we live in a world where our knowledge comes from the evil world. Like we don't have we don't have like the our mind isn't elevated enough, basically. Fox. Or we, we don't have the wisdom to be able to define good and evil. And that's why the Bible is our resource. You feel me? The Bible is our resource because it's like a compass. It points us to the light, you know? And so our definition of good and evil, it shouldn't contradict what's in the Bible, you know? And if it does, you you, you can rest assured that you're wrong. But this is in the Bible. David was about to do evil in the Bible. And I, and I like this because a lot of times we read stuff and like sometimes the Bible, like the author writing this, he ain't turn around and say, oh, David was about to do something, a big sin before God. Sometimes they point that out. Sometimes they point that out. But sometimes you see the main characters in the Bible doing things and you're like, hmm, I wonder if this is right. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, full transparency, two years ago, um, when 2020, when it was like police brutality and all type of stuff happening, I used this in favor of doing of 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 murdering. If the situation, like, just if you in that situation, you're back against the wall, bro. Boy, look at David, da, da 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 da, right? And I was dead wrong, and I felt convicted against that. But I used right there. I don't know if you remember the conversation, but I and I doubled down in my heart. I was just emotional. You see, they saying mm-hmm. like that was my pride talking. Like, Oh, you know, X, Y, Z. But at the end of the day, we can see where even David, David was about to do something wrong. And after the fact, David has admitted, bro, I was about to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And so like, like just overall, we can't be, we can't be the, the judge on what is right and wrong. We have to leave that to the Bible, you know? And even things in the Bible, if we see it happening, we can't say, oh, it's in the Bible. This is right to do. Judge it against the Bible. like Judge it against the Bible and, and take it in the context of it. Right. right. Yeah, that's a that's a that's that's a good point too, right there. Like that's a real good point. Where were we? Verse thirty-four. Mm-hmm. Uh, for indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hurried and came to meet me, surely by morning light no males would have been left in the Baal. And to your point, he being reflective now, he's saying like, if you didn't come quickly, hmm. there wasn't going to be no turning around. Because if we got there, the time of reasoning would have been over. You couldn't reason at that point. We didn't heal. We heal for a purpose. Hmm. <laughs> it's hard to say. Boy, that's crazy. It's hard I don't come say. all the way here. Why is something getting something happening, bro? <laughs> now you say, go up in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. Hmm. Now Abigail went to Nabal, and there he was holding a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. Hmm. And again, it shows you how abundant this feast had to be. Because mm-hmm. he just she just gave all these things to David and he still don't know what's happening. And he's still having a feast of a king. Think mm-hmm. about all the stuff you're missing and your feast is still like the feast of a king. Bro, imagine this feast where you 
park all this stuff. You go on, on the road. You meet people, right? And you all have a long convo. I, I assume it's long, but you all have a fruitful conversation. You have to come all the way back and mm-hmm. come back and the feast still going on. And it's like... Like nothing happened. Like nothing happened, bro. Like, <laughs> like nothing happened. And the bald heart was merry within him, but he was very drunk. Therefore, she told him nothing, little or much, until morning light. And this still again shows how foolish she is. Mm-hmm. You was about to die, bro. Yeah. You was about to die. David was honest, but he had to kill you. And instead of trying to remedy the situation, you were here getting drunk like you invincible. See, I'm married now, right? So I think about certain, I think about it different. But I sure that, I sure Abigail probably couldn't sleep that night, bro. I sure I was burning, you know? To see how stupid Osman is, right? Like, I just had to fix all of this, bro. And you run, you're drunk. I know that was burning in her until morning to tell him what, to tell him the truth of what, what his reality was. You see what I say? Like, I know, I know she's looking at him like, look at this, look at this idiot. <laughs> look at this, look at this man. You see what I say? Like, I, I, I question, like, because, I don't know how compatible they really are, bro. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, opposites attract. So, you know, that's but that. But this opposite? Like, you'd be surprised, though. See, say what? Oh, you, a, oh, you mean this, this opposite? opposite? Oh, I thought you was asking if this is opposite. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no. You're no. saying this much of opposite, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, you'd be surprised. But then at the end of the day, a lot of marriages during that time, there's a range. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's and a then, fact. And then he's rich. Bang, could pay yeah. for any dowry. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, so yeah. Who wouldn't? And the ball wants you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And so it was the morning, verse 37, when the wine had gone from him. So he's sober now in modern terms. Mm. And his wife had told him these things that his heart died mm. within him and he became like a stone. Wow. Then it happened after about 10 days that the Lord struck Nabal and he died. So it's like he had a heart attack and gone into a coma or something. That's how I kind of read it. Yeah. I never really search it. Yeah, no, I search it. That's kind of, I mean, like, that's just how I think it had to happen, man. Yeah, like, yeah, had a talk. Or a stroke or stroke, something. Stroke. That might have been it. Had a stroke, gone into a coma. And then that was it. Rob. And then, and then, like, they had no IV tube and things like that. You don't want to open it in your mouth to try to feed your buddy. So that's bro, a rap. Bro, if your wife tell you, if Nabal's wife tells you, bro, this man was coming to kill you, bro. He had 400 men, blah, 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 right? And you had a heart attack or your heart turned to stone. This shows that the, Nabal is foolish because why didn't you consider that at the time when you tell him no? Like to me, I am the type of person where if you do something this blatant, you're telling me that I am, well, I, I am of, if I was in this predicament, if I was David, I would receive this as, because, you know, they say actions speak louder than words. I would mm. receive this as you saying, quite literally, I don't like you. And even if you take this to heart and want to beat me, you can't beat me, bro. I am willing to take any of the consequences that come with this. That's how much I don't like you, bro. I don't care what you do, bro. And I ready. That's how the cars would take such, such boldness. Because I'm like, bro, if you was a coward, even if you don't like me, just for the sake of your safety... You should say, bro, let me give you my let, let me give your boy this food. Mm-hmm. That way he ain't no beef around mm-hmm. you. You see what I saying? But from he saying no, and he also offended him. To me, that's like you saying, bro, dog, I don't care what you come to do, bro. Exactly. I ready for you, but like I like you could, but I trying to offend you, but I trying to provoke you, because I want all the smoke. That's how 
That's how I received that. Mm-hmm. But Nabal obviously wants zero smoke. <laughs> the man, by the wife, very tell him what happened. Mind you, the situation already over, you know. The situation already pacified. Mm-hmm. She tell him, bro, your boy coming to kill you. I had to take him off the ledge, um, f- um, figuratively speaking. But now nah, you stupid. And he got a heart attack off of that. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want no smoke, bro. You see what I'm saying? He didn't want no smoke. And it also show how, how the Lord, you know what I'm saying, is vengeance is the Lord's. Bing, exactly. You see what I'm saying, David? Romans 12. <laughs> I David. feel so. David didn't have to. David didn't have to. Romans 12, 19. Nice. David didn't have to kill him, bro. It was going to happen regardless. So David almost put some sin on his own. Obviously, but he still did sin because he was, had the intent to do that. You know? mm-hmm. But he also, he almost went through it. I actually want to read it. I think I just pulled it up here. David 12, 19. So it says, Dare, do not take revenge, my dear friends. Believe rooms for God's wrath. For it is written, I have, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, thus says the Lord. Mm. Right? I probably think it's taken from a next verse in the Bible. Some other people think it's a re- re- reiteration, right? But, like, think about it. Like, David and 400 men was about to do really and truly what God just did in, instantly. Really right. and truly. Because when, from when Nehod died within him and he turned to, like, stone, he was... It's gone. Done. Yeah, it was done. He was gone, and 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 it's 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 strange how when we submit to God, mm-hmm. even the things we could control, mm-hmm. like how God still has our back, because like we already see David. It's funny things come from full circle, but David could have killed Nabal sure. easily. He was mindset not only that to Nabal, but all the males in Carmel. Yeah. Instead of submitting to God, God could take out a situation from him. Who knows how the story would have been written differently if David had submitted that part to God. But we see how when he when he ultimately did pacify a situation, you know what God God like let God deal with him. Hmm. What happened? God dealt with him in a way cleaner, less mischief way than David was about to do. Because David was about to David was about to go crazy, bro. David is about to lose his mind, bro. Like, Sicko mode. Yeah, bro, No like, puns intended. Yeah, no, no, no. And I, I, I just want to say David of a temper. You understand? Like, the Bible don't say his temper flare, but, like, his reaction to certain things, he have to have a temper, bro. Either that or um, <clears throat> even though you was in the army for God, like, psychologically, bro, like, the way you react to certain... Like, you desensitize to, to like, like, you don't have a certain concept for human life, bro. Like, you, you disregard human life to an extent when you're angry or when someone is your enemy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I just think anyone growing up in that time period had to be desensitized to, like, war and death and things. Like, because mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of hard not to. Well, you know what it is? You say, you say, I'm killing a man who do this to me, but I'm killing every male? Yep. Like, including the shepherds and, and all of them. Like, mm-hmm. The people who just was protecting. Y'all didn't tell your master about me. Shing! Yeah, that ain't right. <laughs> that ain't right, David. <laughs> so oh, in verse 39, so when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord mm. who, has, who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil, for the Lord has returned his wickedness, has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. It's kind of interesting when you're actually rejoicing that someone's passed. Right, but he, he rejoiced in that. He, he not to get, do it. Yeah, I not to. 
You save me from this wickedness. Yeah, but I, I like that too because like sometimes God is protect you from doing it, bro. Like I kid you not, bro. Like, like I I almost got in a bad accident one time, bro. Like, mm-hmm. Just showing off. You see, like a very bad. Like I talking about like I could have killed someone, bro. But the Lord protect me from that. You see what I saying? And like I just be embarrassed when I think about stuff like that, bro. Because I like. Obviously, the devil was influencing me. Like, like I was in the flesh. You see what I'm saying? Like, the devil was trying to take me out, bro. When I was right there, being stupid. You see what I'm saying? But the Lord protect me from that. You know, like I heard a story about someone who was like, excuse me, when when they were young, their mother was pregnant, right? And their daddy parked on top of a hill in an old truck. This was like in the 50s or something like that. That because the hospital was on a hill. I'm sorry, the hospital was on a hill, and he parked there. Usher his 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 um his wife dude was pregnant in to get whatever. The dude who's telling the story, he's like, bro, we was in the car. I can't remember if they hit something in the gear or whatever, but the car started rolling down the hill. A man run down the hill, jump in the car and like pull up the e-brake, protect it. And it was like his daddy then was dealing with his mom. He was pregnant. You see what they saying? Like people gather around, like this was the craziest thing. They could not find the man afterward, bro. You understand what I'm saying? This is when I was at, I think I was at Alana Berean as a kid. I heard mm. someone tell this story. And I was just like, bro, look at how the Lord protected you from dying. You see what I'm saying? Like, like it's just a lot of times when God is protect you from like just just the, like the craziest stuff, bro. You know what I mean? Of course, this time it was self-inflicted. David was trying to do that. Mm-hmm. But God protect him from, from sinning to that magnitude. And the, the funny thing about it too, and there's no evidence to confirm this in this case, but there is contextual evidence in the Bible. I felt that if David committed this sin, he would have been like Saul and lost his kingdom prematurely. I thought that too. I, bro, just as, like 10 minutes ago, I was like, bro, this probably that probably would have led to a lot more stuff for David. Like a Yeah, spiral. it would have been like, and, and, and again, I'm just saying contextual because we know other instances, like Saul went through a similar thing and from not listening and obeying God, Post David went through a similar thing, mm-hmm. and at the end David kind of went through a similar thing. <coughs> Excuse me, but like it's almost like God protect him. It's like, hey, I still got some plans for you, mm-hmm. and if you do, I give you a voice to reason. If you go through that, that means you consciously, consciously, with knowing now, like take you to heat of passion. Now this up, hold up. This from heated passion to premeditated. Yep. So now you can't deny that you didn't know what you was about to go do. Mm-hmm. If David had still pursued that consciously now, that would have been that would that would have been one of his tests right there. Yeah. This your fork in the road, buddy. You have a choice to decide if you're going to go through this or not. Mm. And if he had, I personally feel, given basic history, that might have been him prematurely losing his kingdom right there, even before he even sat on the throne. Yeah. Gotta been like, all right, time to learn the next one. Yeah, bro. It's all about to die. David could reign for a couple of years. Now who else we get? Right. And and it's just so like free will, right? <laughs> Some people would argue, oh, it ain't fair. God stop him from doing, you know, stop him from sinning. No, God didn't stop him from sinning. God didn't stop him from sinning because he still could have sinned, bro. Like, mm-hmm. we always have a choice, bro. Like, he still could have turned around and be like, no, I still coming for you. But it's certain things would happen in my life, bro. The situation over, bro. And I, I purpose in my heart to forgive them, but it still bothers me, bro, when I think about it. Like, certain things, bro, it's just like, man, bro, like, I can't help that this affecting me, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I forgive you. I don't want to do you no harm. But I wish I did want to do you harm. You see what I'm saying? Like, I obviously, like, it's certain... I think it's resentment. Like, certain things, like, I resent. You see what I'm saying? And it's like, 
by the grace of God, I was praying. I was like, Lord, I don't want to feel this way, bro. I, I want to act as if this never happened. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But at the end of the day, there's still things I got to work through right through God. Or this might be a thorn in my flesh, you see what I'm saying, to show me that God's grace is sufficient, that I can overcome things regardless of how I feel, right? David could have been one of them people who hold on to this, bro. Like, no, but I, I can catch him one day. You see what I'm saying? Like, tonight I might not do it, but one day I, I might. Or I still could do it tonight. You see what I'm saying? So, like, just just for just the odd contest, because sometimes like people just be looking at God in in certain works and like certain stories of the Bible. They look at God and say, "God ain't fair." Like God of His favorites. Like God is choose who He allowed. You know what I mean? This ain't God stopping Him from sinning. Mm-hmm. He already purposed in His heart to sin. So that's a sin in itself. That's a hard issue, mm-hmm. right? But now the action of it, you still have that choice, bro. God give you. Oh, God give you a warning. Like, bro, you could you could stop right now, bro. Someone talk to him. You said he's saying it's the Holy Spirit through Abigail was showing him, bro, you about to sin. You know what I mean? And he accept that. Mm-hmm. So, and the funny me, thing about it is like, oh, sorry, I cut you off. No, I'm saying when we in the flesh, sometimes we don't, don't hear that. That's what I'm saying. Like, if we, had, if we examine <laughs> our own instances when we're going through these things, we'd realize that we always have a choice or some key moment where we choose to like double down and be like, no, I'm doing this for real. Mm-hmm. Like, not to bring it up again, but it's the time with, you, with your shoes for the wedding, the white mm-hmm. shoes, was like, yeah. you had a choice. Like, man, I shouldn't do this. You know, it's like, man, I still gonna get them, you know, kind of way. Yeah. And I've had many, many instances with, <laughs> when I wrecked my BMW the first time I got in an accident. Mm-hmm. That was on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Me going to meet up with some co-workers to play a game. When I know I really shouldn't have been doing it, but I was like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. What happened? And not, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I was doing what, I, if, I, if I wasn't there, but I know I really probably wasn't supposed to be there regardless, I would have not gotten an accident that day, even though it wasn't my fault. It was still that I was placed in the circumstances where I had multiple times not to even go. Mm-hmm. I still double down and say I was going to go, and things happen. Like, mm-hmm. God has, God has safeguards to protect us. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing, and that's still come, like, most times I pray, sometimes, like, God, thank you for, like, protecting me from, like, the things I do know and things I don't even know. Thank you for the blessings that I do know and the blessings I don't even know. Because there's so many things that God protect us from that we consciously do know, but there's many more that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. And, like, one thing I used to say in college a lot, like, boy, a praying grandmother got me far. And praying parents, somebody would say, like, you know, because the crazy thing, you know, the meme, the meme always thought, they're like, oh, it's like your grandmother praying for you and you're doing this. Mm-hmm. But I was seeing them like, yo, God's honoring other people's prayers, and you'd be surprised, like, that's what's preserving your own life, too. Mm. And, like, anyway, that's, that's, just, that's just powerful. Like, we always have a choice. And it ain't about a favorites. It's just easy for us to pick out the favoritism as we see it, when we, f- then when we blatantly see it. But when we examine our own lives, man, we always have a choice to choose good and evil, man. And it's, we're so... We're so used to choosing the evil, we don't see the good as a choice. Because the good is almost nonsensical to us at that point. We're so desensitized to the good. But it's always a choice. Like, everything we do is a choice, whether we feel that way or not. And, yeah. Yeah, bro, I just can't wait till we get to heaven. And, you know, if the Lord so chooses to reveal to us, like, all of the times, when he saves us from something, or when he spares us from something, or even when he spares our family members or friends from it, you know? Because a lot of people want to argue if God is real or if God is just, et cetera. But I'm, I'm very confident that if God can sit you down and show you on a daily basis all of the things he protect you from, it would be no question. Man, the you know funny thing man? about it, I know the things in my life where God has <laughs> spared my life. For sure, bro. 
where he has definitely spared my life where I should have been dead. Hmm. And it's crazy because, like, in retrospect, even now, I mean, I know we on a super tangent, right? But yeah. even now, like, bro, eight years ago in college, I never expected to do a Bible podcast. Fox. You know what I'm saying? But God is infinite wisdom saying, bro, in about eight, eight to ten years, I got a plan for you hmm. that you may not, that you don't even see remotely in the cards of your future right now. But I'm going to need to keep you around for that or preserve you. And you may, you may still make some knucklehead choices around the way and still not go this path. But, hey, there's a possibility in your future that you can, that you can unlock if you, like, stay close to me or, like, nope, not be a knucklehead idiot for me personally because I'm pretty stubborn. Hmm. Full transparency, you know what I'm saying? But, like, like think about, like, God's preserving... Like, David, I know the goodness I still... The things I can you do through you. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're still vessels of God to enact good things in this physical world. Like, the good things I can do through you. You have a choice still to mess it up. We see people in the Bible mess it up all the time. Me personally, God's like, you have a choice. You could not do these things in the future if you decide to do your own will. Mm-hmm. But I still know the things I can use you to do, even though you can't see it right now. And I think that's just so powerful, like... Yeah, God wanted to preserve David. Yes, he could have done great things through him, but David still had the choice to not live up to that. Yep. Like, at the end of the day. And we can see, and, and with that and said, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, if you stick with us as we get throughout 2nd Samuel and 1st and 2nd Kings, you will see where kings have the choice, you understand? And you will see the kings who chose not to. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a hint. David is the only one who chose to. <laughs> Spoiler, you know what I mean? Like, spoiler, bro. Like, they was the only one who chose to, and he ain't even king yet. So we we can get into in, into that. Exactly. So, uh, which verse were we on? I think. I think. Uh, uh we were midway through verse thirty nine. Thirty nine. Yeah. And so, and David sent a proposal to Abigail to take her as his wife. When the servants of David came to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her saying, David sent us to you and asked you to become his wife. Then she arose, bowed bowed her face to the earth and said, here is your maid servant, a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. So Abigail rose in haste and rode on her donkey, attended by five of her maidens, and she followed the messengers of David and became his wife. David also took Ahiman. Ahimonoam, Ahinoam of Jezreel, and both of them became his wives. But Saul had given Micah, his daughter, David's wife, to Palti, the son of Laish, who was from Galim. I guess everyone moving on. Everyone moving, moving on. This is what I was saying, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so I've, I, I heard some, or I read something when it was like, um, you know, David marrying her is like doing her a favor because now she's a widow in society, so she'd be looked at a certain way. I assume she had sons. Don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, we have no context. We that. have no cl- context. I I only assume because he was trying to kill every male, you know, that was around. But I don't know. But my thing is, from just me thinking in from a Western Western civilization during this time, like this era of of time in life. Me thinking with that brain, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's gangster as people would say. You know what I mean? Like, this your enemy. You just take your enemy wife. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's how I see it. Like, Nabal takes an L even in death, bro. 
Even if bro, it does not pay to be a fool, bro. You know what I mean? Like it does not. Bro, imagine, bro, imagine when God come back by the grace of God. I don't know which resurrection he could be in. I assume he could be he could be in the second resurrection. That's my assumption. I don't know. You said I said, but imagine you learning everything would happen after you die. Bro, that that that'll be, be so disheartening, sad. bro. Like, mm-hmm. like man, the same dude who was trying to be so mean too. You being a meanie too. Now he laying under your wife. You see what I say? Like while you while you while you in here. You know what I mean? Mercy. And yeah, I mean it just sucks, bro. That's what happened when you be a meanie. Not quite literally, you know what I mean? But <laughs> that has happened now because you you know, you just actually use obstructing, you know, God's anointed, basically. Like, you know, someone who is this person is Stand-up guy, you know what I mean? He do a lot for the country. He's a guy without fault, you know? You nobody know what his what his um, struggles are, you know? This, that's not public knowledge, but we see all of the good that he's done, especially to you. But you chose to repay him. But you chose to repay him with evil. You you pay him evil for good. That ain't in no sense. Of, like, you can't make sense out of that. You know what I mean? And it just sucks that... This was the, the guy who Abigail was tethered to for a while because I know she he probably brought her a lot of stress, bro. Like great unequally stress. yoked. Yeah, unequally yoked for real, bro. Because this lady, she has plenty sense, bro. She has too much sense, bro. Mm-hmm. But Nabali ain't got no sense. You know what I mean? Like, no she sense. She clearly loves sense. God. And Nabal, I don't I can't say he didn't, but he didn't act like it in his actions. By your by the fruits, you will know them. And his fruits wasn't. Wasn't the fruits of the spirit from what we can see in the story. Right. He, he t- I take him as a weasel, bro. <laughs> he like a weasel to me. Like, they call him a scoundrel, but he, he giving me Laban. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Nabal, Laban. You see what I'm saying? Like, ah. I, I, I get it. You see it? Laban. Nabal. It's like, it's, it's yes, yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize that, bro. Until you said it just now, like a flash in my head. Bro, that's crazy, bro. <laughs> that's crazy, bro. Yeah, that's Laban backwards. Wow. But anyway, he giving me Laban because we know how, how money-hungry Laban was. You understand what I'm saying? Like, Laban was ready to kill Jacob. His nephew would make him so much money, you know, because he felt like that, um, Jacob was double-crossing him. Mm-hmm. When Jacob tell it, Jacob was like, bro, God tell me I was going to end up on top of this deal. You understand what I'm saying? But God had to come to, to Laban in a dream and tell him, but don't even touch your boy. Like, mm-hmm. He protected, you know what I mean? Like, these are the type of people, bro, and it's like, to some degree, you can understand why they say the love of money is the root of all evil, bro. Like this person, <clears throat> he put his assets was protected because of David, right? But he don't even want to share, bro. Like he don't even want to share his wealth, you know, his enjoyment. He rather look like the king, but he ain't trying to do no favors. He ain't trying to do no community service or, or none of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, think about it. David was even asking for money. No, like. We clearly see how much food he had available at this feast. You could have done what um, Abigail did. Could just invite him to the feast for one day of the feast. Hmm. That would have been enough to satiate them. Like, cool. Just come on to the feast. I ain't got to give y'all nothing. Just come to the feast. Be eating good. Come show up on the second Tuesday of next week. Cool. Or just whenever. Come on down. But it's literally not because you already doing all this food regardless. Mm-hmm. Regardless, so literally would take nothing extra for you to have them there. Bro, no work, bro. Like, no work. But you gotta, but you gotta be evil, bro. I hope it was worth it for you, Nabal. But 
Gian said that it was. I don't think so. I don't think so. But by the grace of God, you know, there was there was a a, a loving woman that he was married to that diffused the situation, that talked sense into David. You know, she saved the whole town. Yeah, she saved the town, but she saved every man in that town. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you know, I just feel like I just feel like you can see God working through her because both Excuse men me. in this story, David and Nabal, mm-hmm. we didn't see God working through them. Just to be completely honest, David wanted something, you know. He felt like he was entitled to this. He was going to take it by any means. And he was about to take it by any means. You know, it, it actually come to a point where it wasn't even really about food no more, bro. He coming to kill you, bro. You understand what they're saying? Like, the festival over is the next day. I was, He said, by morning, mm-hmm. I was killing everyone. That means they probably would have set up shop, sleep, get enough rest, and then they would have gone to bed mad and wake up. Exactly, because he probably camped right outside the city and seen the festivities. It's just fueling your anger even more. Because mm-hmm. we could have been there all. Belly growling. Exactly. Belly growling. <laughs> Show up when everyone hung over. Yeah, and just easy pickings. Take everyone out. Yeah. Take everyone out. That's so, just wild. So we can see the flesh, bro, um, on both sides. David and the ball is interesting. But then on the contrast, we see um, Abigail. And I'm pointing this out because, like, it's a lot of times, like, like Lot's wife, Noah's wife, right? They mention them, but they don't say nothing about them, right? And so, uh, like, this, this person who would be, like, an extra, you know, like, as the Bible is written, we see where she is actually, like, the star of the show in, in this, you know? When... And especially during a time when the protagonist, who is who should be David, mm-hmm. is not acting like it. You know, David acting like Saul in a way right now. You feel me? Although David kind of has reason to be mad. You know, we get that. But to kill, you know, to kill the way that way, that's that's very Saul-like. We just see Saul do that a couple chapters ago. You know what I mean? And you know, I just feel like I just feel like it's I just feel like it's interesting, bro. Like it's really inspiring. Like how. Even even when everybody, you know, if everybody falling off or everybody ain't ain't in the right state of mind, like somebody decide I could stand up and actually be be the light, you know, to both sides. You know, I could defuse, I could save our family, but then I could also show David his error. His error. His error. Even David has a breaking point. It is clear that David is getting sick and tired of being repaid evil for good. And this time. David chose to take revenge into his own heart. But if it wasn't for Abigail's peace offering and her words of wisdom, David would have been no better than Saul, shedding the blood of many innocent victims while seeking revenge on his enemies. We see that David and Nabal's conflict is now ended. But what's going to happen the next time he sees Saul? We'll talk more about that on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Ayana Albertson-Gay, as well as your host, Nakazke. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at a breath of fresh air pod on instagram and b-o-f-a-p-o-d on twitter thanks everyone and we'll see you next week